This week's guest is a birder that has traveled the world in his pursuit of birds and is one of South Africa's best birders. I am pleased to introduce today's guest, Adam Riley. Adam is going to be chatting all about his recently released photographic guide, Birds of South Africa. He also shares his rich knowledge of South Africa as a birding destination and tells us about his favorite common South African bird species. This is the Birding Life Podcast. There is no better way to celebrate the arrival of spring than to enjoy the birds that come to your garden. One of the ways to attract birds is with Westerman's quality products. Westerman's quality food, feeders and accessories bring nature to your garden. Available at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's for the love of birds. My name is Adam. And this podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, conservation, gear, books, and well, anything that we think birders will want to hear about. So welcome to the show. One of the easiest ways that you can help us to grow the show is to tell someone else about it. So if you enjoy this podcast, please tell someone else about it. Oh, and drop us a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you a little bit better. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of the Burning Life Podcast. So, Adam, it's good to have you back on the show. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me to join your podcast again, Adam. Yeah, the crazy thing is, every time we I've chatted to you, we've been in the midst of the COVID pandemic or some sort of COVID restrictions. This is the first time we're doing an episode where there's no COVID restrictions. It must be really fantastic as someone who's traversed every planet on Earth and birded almost everywhere to actually be able to to spread his wings and fly a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's been such fun. You know, tra- I traveled a bit last year. And it was so difficult with PCR tests and different requirements for different places. I had to quarantine for two weeks in Mexico before I could even go into the USA. And so many complications. I've just got back from nearly a month-long trip now. And it was an absolute breeze and and a pleasure. And no risk of being quarantined anywhere. Um, Completely different uh, environment for for ecotourism. Once again, thankfully, and long may that last. Yeah, but I was thinking today, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, what did you miss most? But I think, you know, at, at, as much as there was a lot you missed, I, I can, ash- I, I'm almost sure that there was almost the blessing of the season also, because I know you got you got kids and that. It must be quite nice to also not be on the road, just to spend time with your family and just to do things that that you don't normally do. Yeah, it was it was a very happy two and a half years actually that um, I spent mostly at home, and I got a lot of projects done, including this book that we're going to talk about. Um, got involved in a couple of other businesses, um, did a lot of conservation work. And as you mentioned, I spent a fantastic quality time with my family. So um, overall, it was, it, it, it was a great break. And another thing, since the last time we chatted, which I'm really excited because we, we did we did an episode a long time ago. We need to actually do another episode, a little bit of an update because there's been a lot more recorded there. We, we chatted about um, the birding at Magnoni and specifically uh, Zebra zebra Hills. And it's been fantastic. I was actually able to visit there. And I know it was, I was there for I think, two, one night and just a day. But the birding there was 
absolutely fantastic. And you know, for anyone listening, this is not a, a paid promotion, but for anyone that's listening, if you're looking for a, a good birding trip, I mean, heading out, getting to Manyoni and, you know, especially with, I'd say, Zebra Hills with the, with the quality of guides you've got there, it's 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 a fantastic, fantastic venue. Um, I've just come back yesterday from a week at Zebra Hills Lodge. And, you know, this is on on the back of traveling three other weeks around South Africa and, and Tanzania. And it just struck me again, what a birdie place it is. Uh, Manyoni means place of many birds. And it was just, you can you can hardly move too far without having to stop and see gorgeous bush racks and pink throat twin spots and, and some really rare birds. Um, we, we've had an honest chat on the reserve for several months now. Um, second record for the province and um, just, just a phenomenal record. But lots of other great birds. It, it is a special place. And obviously, I just also saw that one of the things that is on my wish list, I saw that Rock Jumper is doing a trip to the Antarctica. I mean, that's something that, you know, I know there might, for a lot of people, it might be out of their budget. For some people, it might be a once in a lifetime thing that they do. But, you know, what is what a special trip, what a special location to visit. Yeah, Antarctica is phenomenal. I'm, I'm actually hitting there the end of this, uh, end of October and doing a trip uh, cruise from Ushuaia, the southern tip of South America, to the Falklands, South Georgia, and Antarctica itself. And I'm really, really excited to be going back. I was last there in 2008. Um, it, it, it just is the most remarkable wilderness on the planet. Incredibly beautiful and filled with, with life. Not huge numbers of species, but vast colonies of, of penguins and seabirds and, you know, the pelagic species like albatrosses, petrels, an experience of a lifetime without a doubt. And obviously for, for photographers, I mean, just looking at the scenery and, I mean, I've seen photography from there. It's like probably one of the best places in the world to take photos. Absolutely. You know, that, that ice is so variable and you can uh, work some incredible images uh, with ice and penguins and, and albatrosses and so on. So we're going to be talking about your book in a moment, and I think this is your first book you've done. Am I correct? Yes, uh, it is indeed my first book, and um, it, it's actually not a book I would have chosen to have done, but I was contacted by Bloomsbury and Helm, uh, one of the biggest publishing houses in Europe, and they do a lot of wildlife guides, and this is part of a series that they're doing for a bunch of countries around the world, and they asked me if I'd be willing to do it, and you know, since... Uh, I wasn't as busy as I usually am. Um, I, I jumped at the opportunity and, and produced this book. What blows my mind is when I chatted to you about the book and often when I speak to people about the the process into putting together a book, there's a lot of research that goes into it, which I'm sure that you've done for this book also. But what blew my mind was is that almost all of the species accounts you wrote out of your head. That is flipping insane. Yeah, it's, it's almost like guiding a tour. Uh, so for each species, I kind of, wrote what I would tell people on a tour about the species. And um, I basically just sat down and, and wrote the text. And, you know, every now and then I'd check something up and verify some facts. But but most of it was in my head and it was quite an easy write. So I think I was lucky with that aspect of the process. Um, so, so essentially the brief that, that uh, Helm gave me for this uh, bird book was the 350 commonest and most prominent bird species. And the book was aimed at either beginner birders locally or foreign visitors to the country who don't want a field guide with a thousand species and lots of vagrants and rare birds 
just the the most common and and prominent birds that they would see and would like to put names to. So I went uh, through the entire South African bird list. There's 870 species been recorded in South Africa, and I chose what I believe are the 350 um, most common and prominent birds. And then I decided, you know, it'd be very easy to write the book. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got quite a big photo library. But what I actually found out when I did start going through my photo library is, is I often focused on photographing the rare birds and didn't actually have images of the common birds like red-eyed doves and house sparrows and uh, common miners and things like that. So, but what I decided to do was actually go out and take all the pictures myself. So I only include my own images in the book. And uh, that, that was a really fun project as well. Also with my photography in the past, it's mostly been for the Rock Jumper website and the Rock Jumper brochure. So I've always only photographed the most attractive males of each species. Whereas the brief for this book was to get the female plumage and non-breeding plumage and flight shots and front and back, you know. So most of the species have two to three photos and all of different plumages. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, a great challenge and, and an incentive during lockdown to to travel around South Africa and find these commoner birds and uh, get get photos of them. So I'm going to ask you to wear two caps in this in, in this interview. One one I'm going to ask you to wear is is the author of the Birds of South Africa um, guide number one, and then I'm going to ask you to the other one. We're almost going to take us a little bit of a uh, a tour of South Africa. And if there's people listening from around the world, we're going to brag shamelessly about one of the best birding destinations on planet Earth. So let's just start before we you know go into the the book. Why, you know, you've been to, I think, probably all the continents and you've probably birded many of the continents, birded many countries. I don't know how many countries you've birded, but here's the thing. Why is, you know, based on different places you've been to, different places you've experienced, why do you think South Africa is a place that every birder needs to visit? Or as South Africans, why is it a place that we as South Africans should be so proud of as birders? Yeah, it really struck me, especially during lockdown when we were pretty much stuck in South Africa. What a great country to be stuck in. Um, you know, I, I had friends of mine from Europe and and in particular, but also other countries stuck in their own countries. And, you know, the, the biodiversity in many countries around the world is, is really limited. Yet South Africa has so many habitat types, many, many endemic species that don't occur outside of South Africa or Southern Africa. And um, just incredible scenery, obviously our big game. It, it, it really is a, a special country and, and of course, um, such friendly, welcoming people um, throughout our country. Yeah, so I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to bird in, in over 100 countries around the world and I've seen over 8,000 bird species of the world's um, 10,800 or so known species. So I have traveled extensively, and there are many countries with more birds in South Africa. Um, for instance, Colombia is, is slightly smaller than South Africa. It's got 2,000 species versus our 870. Yet, find in South Africa is the birding is so easy. The birds are often out in the open, um, great photographic opportunities. Many of our birds are colorful and charismatic. Um, so I'd, I'd say very much... Africa and, and South Africa in particular is is one of the great birding uh, destinations in the world. And then I've also asked you for this um, interview 
to identify your five favorite common bird species. So this isn't the the rarities that have pitched up. This is the five your five favorite common bird species. We need a little bit of a countdown from number five to number one. I don't know if, if number five is going to be your least favorite on the list, or number one's going to be your your most your most favorite. But let's start with your fifth favorite common species in South Africa. Um, so I, I made a little list and, uh, the first one I wrote down was, uh, Cape Robin chat. So we'll start with that one. Yeah. It's, it's just a delightful bird that virtually everyone is familiar with that occurs through almost all of South Africa, except the, uh, sort of low felt and, and, uh, the coastal littoral and KZN. And, um, most, uh, gardens in South Africa will, will have a pair of Cape Robin chats. They start calling well before dawn cheerful little song and uh, you see them hopping around your house and and sometimes uh, even coming into your house with their little cocktails and orange throats and every time I, I see a Cape Robin chat it makes me smile. Yeah, quite a cool story around a Cape Robin chat. You know, I, I'm doing this little Sapphire Coast challenge and trying to see as many species as I can. And this is one of the birds I was looking for. It's not as common in our area. And I was looking all over, you know, going to all the different pentads, trying to do full protocol cards, trying to find this bird. And I'm like, I chatted to my mate Tyron. And I think two days before uh, before the incident happened, I said, to, I'm really looking for Cape Robin chat. Anyway, two days later, I walk out my front door and there's a flipping Cape Robin chat right outside my door and it was so awesome classic page 176 of your book some really fantastic photos of the cape robin chat really yeah you've hit the nail hit the photos out the park in this book so you know adam there's a lot of field guides on the market there's a lot of um photographic guides there's just been one that's just been just been released and a really good really good field guide the question is is there a place for another photographic field guide on on the market so th this is a bit of a different uh, field guide, and and um, this really focuses, as I mentioned earlier, on the beginner birder with uh, simple explanations, uh, or the foreign tourist to South Africa who's not necessarily a hardcore birder and wants to see everything rare, but is going to Kruger Park or Cape Point or Kigalagadi and wants to put a name to most of the birds that he sees. So. Um, this field guide just focuses on those 350 species, which I believe are the commonest and or most prominent. So certain species aren't actually the commonest species, but they're you know, really beautiful species. And if someone sees them, they would say, wow, what an amazing bird. I wonder what that is. Whereas I've left off a lot of little brown birds, uh, such as many of the cisticulars and larks and pipits, and only included the very most common of, of those groups, just because, you know, even if, if you did see them um, as a beginner birder or, or, or a tourist, you, you might not really want to nail it down between all the cisticlers to which one you've seen. So uh, I focus, like, for instance, pipits. I've, I've only got African pipit in the book. But 99% of every pipit you see in South Africa is likely to be an African pipit. And you've got to work quite hard to get the other pipits. So, so yeah, the, this book can't be compared uh, to some other fantastic field guides, including uh, Neil Salee's one that, that recently came out, in which I've got many, many photos, and helped him with his book. And he also um, was one of the reviewers on, on my book. So yeah, it's 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 not fulfilling the same niche. Uh, th this is really for someone who wants something a, a, a lot more simple, doesn't 
mind if not every single species that they see is in the book but i feel that in in most of the popular tourist sites and birding sites national parks or gardens of south africa probably 98 percent of what you see will be amongst these 350 species that i have included in this book well when you i remember when i started birding and i was given a roberts field guide and i use the roberts quite a lot now it's, it's a fantastic field guide but i remember when i first started birding and i would see a bird on the field i'd be paging from page to page to page trying to find this bird and i would oftentimes not find it and end up sending the id to a friend what is fantastic about this book, and you just spoke about the uh, how easy it is for beginner birders. Firstly, I'm holding it in my hands right now. It's a small book. It's compact. So when you um, pointed and you said that number, the number your number one, your number five species was the Cape Robin chat. I went and I just paged through the book quickly, and within the time while you were talking, I managed to find the photo, and that just shows how easy the book is to use. And I think for 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 newer birders, like you were saying, this is a fantastic book. Instead of having to page through. 800 odd species straight away you can just you know page through and most of what you're going to see is going to be in the book anyway yes and, I, and i've taken a lot of effort in, in ensuring each double page spread which will have three or four species on it um have species that are fairly comparable to each other um so you've you've you know, you've got all all the bulbuls or a lot of the owls and the woodpeckers all together so you can compare them very very quickly and uh, I mean, I'm just looking here. I've I've included, you know, most of the barbets are are kind of on on one double page spread. I've got the four rollers on one double page spread, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So so it's fairly easy to be able to compare against uh, similar looking species. As always, the birding life is proud to be associated with Sarovsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app Spot plot play a part download and install the app to play your part in social conservation one of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop we sell optics books westerman's products and a whole lot more check out the shop on our website www.thebirdinglife.com if you need any help with any of the products please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com so, Adam, let's go to your fourth favorite common species in South Africa. Um, so the next one I put on my list is, is the bird that ended up being featured as the main bird on the front cover. This is the little bee-eater. And bee-eaters are, are just such a charismatic little family of birds, incredibly colorful. Um, but a lot of them aren't that common. Um, however, the little bee-eater in bushveld areas is, is particularly common bird. They have this uh, cute little way of all sitting together, especially at night when they roost. You get a little row of eight of them. They live in family groups. And um, if you can find a territory, um, often near a burrow, um, you can get really close to them and watch their behavior. They they seem, yeah, just, just really cool little birds. Um, one of the reasons... Uh, they were used as as or oh, the my photo of a little beetle was used as as the feature image of the book. So uh, another feel good bird. A uh, really great choice for the cover, and like it's one of those birds that you know we're all quite familiar with. It's one of those birds that's almost a uh, uh, when you start birding, it's one of the one of the from a lot of people, it's one of the first beetle species they see. You know, you spoke now about. The way the book is put together and I can see that the way you've like, for example, the doves are together and that kind of thing. You know, this might be a bit, I hope this doesn't rub some people up the wrong way, but a lot of 
field guides are put together by ornithologists, where this field guide has been put together by a bird guide, someone who spends time helping people identify and and see birds on the field. How do you feel that your experience as a guide helped you with putting together the book the way that you did? Yeah, it's uh, definitely helped. And, you know, a lot of the language I've used in the books has been language that a layman would understand. So I, I haven't spoken about tertials and primaries or tarsi or mellar stripes. You know, I've, I've said a mustachial stripe or, or you know, described paler areas to the underwing rather than, you know, all the fancy terminology. So my, my district descriptions are very clear and easy my my descriptions of the calls i think are a little bit different to anyone else's descriptions and should allow people to fairly easily uh, figure out the calls of of the birds that i'm describing um it also has a, a a section which i which i think will be very helpful um on the top birding spots in south africa a lot of them being um the national parks um, and, and other major tourist attractions like Table Mountain and etc. But there, there is at the back further references and reading section where you can uh, refer to, you know, the best bird books out there in, in the market as well as um, online resources and bird apps that are available. I mean, there's several excellent uh, free bird apps such as the, the Birds of Africa app and the Merlin bird app, which, which are fantastic um, apps. Um, so all, all, all that uh, is, is available in the book uh, for, for further research if you get more, more into birding. Yeah, it's something I said to you when we started the, before, I, before we started the interview, that if there was one reason that the book would maybe have a little bit of a broader appeal than just your beginner bird and maybe just your people that are just a little bit more advanced is that introduction to the book on the best birding sites. You know, straight away when you're going to a place and you're traveling to, and I know a lot of, you can get a lot of information online, but it's quite handy to actually, you know, you go out to Cape Town and straight away you can page through and say, okay, here's, here's some of the, here's some of the places to go. And that, that introduction section, I think is something that really adds a lot of value. It's probably, I think this is obviously besides, besides that, the, the bird finder book, this is probably one of the only South African guides that actually has that in the front. And it's really, a fantastic tool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I hope it'll be useful to birders. So let's jump to your third favorite South African species. Okay, so I've chosen the violet back starling. I actually much prefer our old name for it, the plum colored starling. And I've featured it as a species on the um, contents page. So it's a fair amount of space on it as well. And um, yeah, it's a it's a summer migrant into African breeding migrant to southern to South Africa. The males are absolutely spectacular with their white bellies and their purple glossy heads and and backs upper parts um, and wings. And um, you know, every time you see one, the colors completely change according to to what light you're looking at them in. So they they go from sort of one colored all the way through to almost black. Um, and it's, it's always uh, interesting to see what, what color you see on it according to, to the angle and the light. They, they also have a wonderful call, like a beautiful clear whistle, and uh, sit up in the tops of tall trees, uh, lifting a wing every now and then uh, in their really interesting display. And then the females just look completely different. Um, people are 
constantly sending me birds to identify that they're not sure what they are, uh, photos. Um, and in many cases, it's a female violet-backed starling with plain and streaky birds, so it's really different to, to the male. Um, and obviously, images of, of both genders can be found in my book. Yeah, and obviously for newer birders, something I've learned, and you'll probably be, you'll not probably, you will be a lot more experienced in this, is, is understanding the shapes of birds. I mean, straight away when you see the violet back starling, the male or the female, straight away what points you to it is the is the shape of the bird as opposed to the color. And I think Ken Newman was the one who wrote about that, you know, that, that kind of steps and almost the color is the last thing you look at almost in the bird. Yes, absolutely. I mean, sound is, is one of the most important and easiest and most reliable ways of identifying birds. Um, I find when I'm birding, I, I make a lot less mistakes if I hear a bird, even if I don't see it, than if I see a bird and, and try to you know, name it from a very quick view or whatever. It's more accurate to do it um, from the sound. But sh- shapes are, are uh, critical as well when you do see a bird. So you touched on the species account earlier. Now, this is very different to a lot of field guides. A lot of field guides have the almost the little sections uh, distribution and all those little things. This is an this is an example the te- the dark chanting goshawk. This is the species account resident, superficially similar to pale chanting goshawk. This species occurs in denser and taller woodlands of northern and northeast South Africa. It is a few shades darker than the pale chanting, slightly smaller with a barred rather than a white rump, but otherwise sharing all the features mentioned above. So the the write ups, like you said are really simple straight to the point it's almost like the roberts is almost like the test cricket version this is the t20 version of 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 bird accounts and it's really it's 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 great to help newer birders just to get to the nitty-gritty of 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 the identification of identifying the species you know when when i speak to people who are kind of interested in birds and and maybe dabble in it a little bit but then give up because to, to start off there's just so much knowledge you need to accumulate and it's daunting and, and confusing, and I think that discourages many potential birders. So I'm hoping that this book will hook those people that are just starting to get interested, and they can get to know these more common species, and uh, you know, from there they can either just stay with, with just the more common species, or they can then advance their their knowledge and and move on to to the more difficult species that also occur in our country. Um, I mean, the wonderful thing about birding is is you can just look at the birds in your garden and not bother with their names and just enjoy them right through the entire spectrum to being a hardcore twitcher trying to see all you know, ten thousand species in the world. And it doesn't matter where you are as as long as you enjoy it and uh, you don't disturb the birds. Then, then it's absolutely wonderful, and it's a it's a great hobby. I think one thing that's quite cool about you that's really inspired me with your approach to birding is the fact that you are a you know probably before when you needed the big list you were a hardcore twitcher chasing after species and that. But although you enjoy the seeing these far off birds in far flung locations, uh, you know in in the conversations I've had with you, you also are someone that just enjoys seeing the normal birds in your local patch, and that that's really inspiring. Yeah, I just love being out in the field and and birding, whether I'm trying to see something specific or photograph something specific or just being out there and listening to the calls and uh, just enjoying seeing these these beautiful creatures. For me, it's 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 my meditation, it's it's my religion really, just being out out in the field and 
uh, listening and watching these beautiful creatures. So now we're going to get up with the runner-up in your favorite common South African species, the second bird on your list. Um, well, I wouldn't call it common. Um, I'd call it prominent. Um, and quite a few of the birds in the book do fall in this category. Um, so I've gone with crowned eagle. So where I live in, in Peter Marisburg in Hilton, um, it's a bird we see a lot. They actually breed in the city as they do in Durban and uh, through many of the game reserves uh, in South Africa. And it's Africa's most powerful eagle. It's kind of the harpy eagle of Africa. It uh, feeds on or preys on monkeys and um, other, other mammals, smaller and larger mammals. When you see it, it's just a, a really, really impressive and beautiful eagle with, with a crown that's uh, sometimes raised or lowered. Beautiful black and rufous barring on the chest and an eye that uh, just pierces right through right through you when, when it looks at you. Um, they also have a, an amazing display flight. Um, the, they soar right high up into the sky and do this butterfly dipping flight with a, with a high-pitched, rather an eagle-like call. And uh, over the past you know, many years I've been living in, in uh, the Natal Midlands, I've been so lucky to have them displaying overhead on many occasions. And just great to be able to look up and see Africa's most powerful eagle in an urban environment and, and thriving. And nowadays, uh, within the urban environments, their, their main diet uh, is actually hardy dars. But they, yeah, uh, it's just wonderful being able to coexist with, with these very large and impressive eagles. Yeah, and no, just before this recording, um, BirdLife Etiquini did a. They had David Lindo, the urban birder, as a guest. A really fantastic talk, and you know, he was just talking about birding in your urban setting, and you know, just kind of made me think of my approach. Where I love, I love ur urban birding, and you know, just as you were saying, just in 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 Mamzantoli where I stay, there's a, a crowned eagle nest at the moment, and there's a female sitting on the nest, and it's just like so special just to go sit there in the morning. You've almost from the road, have got this perfect view into the nest and like you were saying the other day i was at at the nest they're just watching the the female in the nest there there's um and this the, the male was just calling from high up and it was just absolutely just this amazing amazing experience like literally in the mid in the middle of a an urban environment and you're just connecting with these powerful powerful birds and very 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 special i mean it's i don't think it's a bird that you ever get tired of seeing it's just such a powerful majestic species yeah, every time you see one or I see one, I, I get an amazing thrill. So Adam, as you put together the book, obviously, you know, you spoke about you had to keep getting you had, the photos, you had to you had to add to the your collection. And I think you mentioned a lot of the common birds you had to get the photos of. You know, how you know, what tips would you give to bird photographers to improve their photography? Because the photos in this book are are breathtaking. I mean, you spoke when when you when we first had the chat, you said it was it might have been one of the limitations that, you know, you you use all your own photos. But I mean I'm going guy just paging through the book and it's just amazing photo after amazing photo. And you've you've headed out the park. I mean the black-headed oriole pictures are absolutely spectacular. There's another one I was looking at earlier, the oxpeckers. I mean, the pictures you've got are just are breathtaking. The stuff that could be printed in an art gallery. What what tips could you give to um, bird photographers that are listening? Cool. Well, thank you for the compliment there, Adam. So some of the tips that I'd give you. Yeah, one of your best tools as a bird photographer are your feet. So look at the background and move yourself to a position where 
there's a there's a a nice clean background behind the bird. You don't want lots of distracting branches or objects or something kind of sticking out the back of the bird that makes it look odd. So so move your body and and position yourself where you're going to maximize the impact of the image. So often it's it's the background is as important, if not more important, than the bird itself. Um, also, always keep an eye on the sun. So, you know, in, any you, you need to be between the sun and the bird. So so move yourself to, to get the best angle. It makes a, an incredible difference um, to be at the right angle of, um, from, of the sunlight. Obviously, you know, unfortunately, equipment is expensive and you get what you pay for. Um, the new mirrorless systems are, are amazing. I've actually just moved to mirrorless. But all these photos in this book were taken uh, before mirrorless. Also, yeah, the, the the time of the day and the light is is really important. So when I was going through many, many, many images, choosing which ones to include in the book, what I often found is, you know, even a really good picture taken on a dull day or or taken uh, on a very sunny day, closer closer to midday or whatever, um, is not as good as maybe a, a poorer quality image taken in the beautiful golden light of early morning or late afternoon. Um, so th- those are the best times to be out there and, and photographing. And then I uh, saw on page 129, you've got some fantastic photos of African scops owl. So what is your tips for nighttime photography? Because you, you nailed it with these photos. Um, yeah, you need a, an external flash and uh, you need to understand some of the necessary settings. Um, for for using a flash but also at the same time you also you, you, you need to be aware of of you know that flashing a bird uh, a nighttime bird is is uh, can potentially disturb it so generally i'll i'll take one or two pictures of of a nocturnal species and then leave it but yeah uh, and an external flash is important um, however nowadays i actually seldom travel with a flash and uh, if a bird is in the spotlight, um, generally by underexposing uh, up to about two full stops, you can still get a, a, a really, really good image um, of a nocturnal species. And then, yeah, just let's go for your number one species, which is your favorite common South African species. So it's not only my favorite South African species, it's actually my favorite world species. And uh, it's our national bird. It's the blue crane. Um, I just think it's it's uh, such an elegant, sleek bird with these beautiful long wing plumes that kind of look like the tail. It has an amazing call that, that just goes right through me when I hear it. It brings back great memories of, of the farm that I grew up on where we had a a pair and they often in the evenings used to fly over our house giving this deep grating call and uh, yeah any day that i see a blue crane is is a special day to me we've spoken about the book and for anyone that's listening this is a fantastic book to get i really think it's a, a good add to anyone's library whether you're a newer birder or a more experienced birder but just as a last punt why do you feel that people should get their hands on the birds of south africa photographic guide what, what why do you say 
Um, well, hopefully, uh, birders of every level will enjoy the images in the book. Um, I always love looking at at uh, bird images, um, and I think it's a it's a great collection of of bird images. And I do hope, most importantly, that it's a book that inspires a lot of people to get into birding. So I think it's a a perfect gift to give to someone who who might not be a birder or is at the very early stages of their birding uh, experience. And um, hopefully that leads to more birders and in the long run leads to more bird conservation, um, which is really at the heart of it. And, and um, what, what I would, you know, what I really care for is, is conservation of these avian gems that enrich our lives. So the Birds of South Africa um, guide is available at um, bookstores and also on the Birding Life's online store. You know, just as we were thinking about this, I'm doing a, a bird walk next week, Saturday, um, for newer people. And I definitely will be taking this book along. I think it's a type of book that, you know, for people that are leading walks, um, it's a really, it's a great guide. It's small enough to carry. And I think it's a great way to connect people to the birds that they're going to see. So Adam, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's always good to chat. Uh, and looking looking forward to your next book and the next interview fantastic thank you so much Adam keep well and good birding thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show we really appreciate your support if you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes feel free to drop us an email on info at the or send us a message on any of our social media platforms we would love to get to know you better so until next time be blessed and happy birding <laughs>